Hey y'all, I'm your host, Jaquela Lynn, aka Coach Quay, the productivity coach and your motivational queen. And this is the Productive Mompreneur Show. This podcast is for mompreneurs who want tips to be more productive in their family life and their business. Because God so freely gave these tools to me, I will give you everything you need. Do you need motivation? Motivation. And where should you go? Coach Quay. Maybe you might need some stimulation. Stimulation. Who got that? Coach Quay. Coupled with some determination. Determination. You already know. Coach Quay. And given that supernatural inspiration. inspiration. Oh, yeah. Coach Quay. Hey, and welcome back to the Productive Mompreneur Show. I'm your host, Jaquela Lynn. Let's dive right in. Listen, I'm super excited because all month I've been bringing y'all some bomb women and they've been coming on here showing up for Black History Month, first and foremost, because we put it down this month. And secondly, just really showing the moms how to take care of themselves, how to overcome some of the trauma that they've been through, how to just really be the best version of themselves and see their lives from a different point of view. And so today I get to bring y'all another guest. And this time I'm excited because this guest, she brings another twist to how to be a better version of yourself. And that's what I love about talking to women because we, we've been through some things. <laughs> we've experienced some stuff. And when we come healed and whole and ready to just teach you how to walk in all of that beautifulness that you have going on, it changes the game. So today we've got my new friend, Tavara, on the show. Welcome to the Productive Mompreneur Show. Hey, hey, thank you, Jaquela. Listen, I I just be loving it when y'all be having these introductions because they just be giving me such life and you be like, I'm the man that I need. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for the introduction. You are so welcome. Tell the people a little bit about you. So listen, I am, first and foremost, I'm a mom of two, two little nuggets of mine. Um, their names are Jade and Levi. So Levi, he is four. He just turned four in October. And Jade, she turned two in November. <laughs> so I got them back to back and I'm done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that part you said, and I'm done. <laughs> and I'm done. Uh, I am a wife. Uh, we, me and my husband, we've been together for, this year would be nine years and we would be married for five years. So uh, we have our little nuggets together. And I told him, you know, once it was a boy and a girl, I said, we were going to be done. He agreed. I said, okay. <laughs> and so it, when you get somebody together just like that and they in agreement with you, it just makes everything just, you know, run smooth. But um, not only am I a mom and a wife, I am also a business owner. So I am the proud owner of Healing Grounds Therapy and Wellness Center. And that is located in Georgia, on the south side of Georgia in Stockbridge. And there, what we do is we are able to cultivate hope and healing back into a lot of people's lives. So normally we um, service uh, adolescents 13 and 13 and up, well, 13 to 18, and adolescent females. And then we service women as well, young, all the way till which, whichever age you want to go to, but we serve them all. But honestly, you know, we, we bring a space where we're, we're 
able to cultivate hope and healing back into their lives because you know most of the times we as women and even as young adolescents we struggle with a whole lot of different things that you know we we didn't necessarily think we'll be going through um or we're not prepared for and so um in therapy uh, what I do is I bring a different flair where I'm honestly cultivating hope and healing back into life through being hot. That's the acronym I use, meaning you having to be honest, open, and transparent. I'm a firm believer that when you reveal, you can heal. So you got to reveal to heal, right? And so um, through that, I, I'm a firm believer that when you are getting comfortable in your own hotness, um, a couple of things come up for you, right? One, you find yourself being a lot more bolder because let's be honest, like sometimes um, as people and even just women, you know, we find ourselves being, being nurturers by nature. And so we try to, you know, make people comfortable. We try to um, make sure we're saying the right things, but oftentimes, sometimes I get in the way of, of our own authentic self. And so with me, you find yourself being a lot more bolder. You're saying things and doing things you never thought you'd be saying before. Mind you, as a mom, we lose identity with ourselves. And so um, we actually rediscover through boldness and being able to um, identify how hot can really um, transcend, transcend into your life in, in that way. Two, you find yourself being totally more authentic. And I just love that word because, um, you know, authenticity is something not only that I struggle with as a mom, but I struggle with, you know, growing up just even as an adolescent, having a lot of responsibilities and owning stuff that really wasn't mine. <laughs> so um, that was a thing that I struggled with. So I, um, I try to get women to a space where they really identify who they are through being their authentic self, knowing who that person is, knowing who that girl is, who that woman is. And once you're, you know, comfortable with being hot, um, uncovering your authentic self, the third part is you find yourself being a lot more uh, unapologetic for who you are and your own truth, because we tend to apologize a lot sometimes, right? You know, and we apologize not because, um, well, really we apologize because we're pleasing someone and something, okay? Uh, again, women, we're, we're nurturers by nature. And so we, you know, I feel like we try to make things, it's just, it's just innate for us to try to make things all right. We try to, you know, make sure everything is good. And, but oftentimes, sometimes that comes with us over apologizing for things that really doesn't, that's not within our value system. Yeah. And so we, now we become very anxious, we become depressed and um, we're trying to figure out, trying to figure out why our boundaries are being crossed and all these different things. Well, I mean, if I'm apologizing um, a lot for my value system or who I am, then guess what messages I'm sending? I don't matter and my truth doesn't matter. So now I'm just sitting here just not saying anything. But guess what happens? Now that doesn't work either. So with me, I'm a person that's, that's going to help you navigate through all of that and really get you a space where you're completely unapologetic, honest, open, and transparent with your authentic self. 
girl, let me say, let me just say this. <laughs> so ladies, if y'all didn't catch that, you have a choice. You can rewind or you can catch mm -hmm. these three tips. She said, you got to be hot, honest, open, mm -hmm. and transparent. And then you get to be your authentic self. And y'all know, we just mm -hmm. talked about being authentic in the last episode. So mm. we got a theme here yes. <laughs> about being unapologetic. I remember mm. when I used to apologize for things and then I would go away and be like, why did I even apologize? So now when I hear people saying, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, for what? For what? Sorry, because that's what you believe in. And you sorry because that's mm. what's right to you. You're sorry because I don't like it. Like just because somebody don't like what you're doing don't mean you got to be sorry about it. Like, <laughs> so girl, I am so with you. You jumped right in. You said, let's get the party started. And I like yes. that. So y'all, I guess this is how we do it. We get people from Georgia. They jump right in, right? Hey, we just, you know, we just get to it. We don't, we don't need to be saying, you know, cutting any corners. We just get right into it. <laughs> That's awesome though. And so how long ago did you start? Well, it's a out, it is an outpatient mental health service um, facility. So again, it's called Healing Grounds Therapy and Wellness Center. So uh, y'all, I honestly started this during the pandemic. <laughs> so I've been I, I've been a therapist for over seven years, um, but I'm gonna tell you like how funny this the idea came to me because it was presented to me two times, and both times it was presented to me was when I was pregnant, <laughs> and so I was like, no, like I don't, no, it's okay, I'm not gonna do it. I was scared. Um, I honestly struggle with anxiety. Um, that is one of my specialties. Um, I specialize in anxiety and depression. And um, I'm a big person that even in therapy, you have to make sure you're with someone who's very relatable and authentic, right? And, and genuine. And so the fact that I, I myself struggle with anxiety and um, there's a lot of things that women um, are able to, you know, relate to me on and I can relate to them on it just makes the therapeutic experience a lot better because they're like oh I'm not the only one that's in the boat and I'm like no child let me go through that too <laughs> but but um I I allow and I, I personalize my anxiety I call her Annie you know I'd be like girl you, you need to go sit out Annie somewhere um but um I personalize her as in a way to to control it it's it's more empowering rather than me sitting there trying to say oh no I don't have it or me not acknowledge it and me you know try to run away from it so me personalize it is my way of me trying to get to know how I operate in anxiety and that's one of the things that I teach a lot of women especially mothers on how to really operate in the things that you have going on and how anxiety really plays a part with that so when I started it in 2020 Again, it was presented to me twice and I was like, no, shut it down. But um, I told myself and I told God, I said, all right, now if it's presented to me the third time, I'm going to take it. And <laughs> when my daughter was born in 2019, I ended up um, taking it again because it was presented. And I said, well, I think there's a, there's a calling for me to actually do this on my own. But get this, I was working full time. Mm full-time for uh, another in another agency so guess what I was doing for a whole year and a half working 40 plus hours at my full-time job and working about 30 hours 
at my private practice. You know what? Let me just stop right there because <laughs> when I talk to women who have these dreams and these desires, or maybe it wasn't their dream, but something kept being presented to them. I'm talking about you mm-hmm. on that one. But <laughs> there's people who have opportunities to step out and do something. And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago where she was saying, yo, I didn't just quit my job and start this new job. I took time. I figured out what I needed to do. I saved some money up so that when it was time to go, I was prepared. And so I, I appreciate you sharing that part because I don't want the women to think that it's this fairy tale thing that we got these ideas to start these new jobs and we just quit our jobs and jump right in. That wasn't the case for everybody. Mm-hmm. When I started um, speaking and coaching, I worked 40 to 60 hours a week as a nursing home administrator. And so on my free moments, which were very few and they were spread out forever. But when I had a moment, I did something that I love and I spoke on stage or I taught a fitness class. And I did that in between working, Mm -hmm. being a wife, being a mom, being a minister. And you know, all of those things is a lot. Yes. I just commend you for making the right choice. Like you chose to do something for you, but you didn't just jump so head first into it that you did, that it didn't make sense. You made it make sense. So thank you for that. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. Because I I mean, oftentimes like, and you just said something, you know, very powerful. I believe that, you know, we have, we have different passions, right? And so we might not can't be able to jump right straight into our passion the way that we want to. So I feel like that time that you are utilizing where you may have that free time to figure out your passion, to figure out figure out what it is that you want to do, you take that time and you actually, you know, educate yourself in a sense, or you cultivate, you cultivate the passion to really identify, okay, is this something I really, really like? Is this something I want? And so one thing my mom, mom does, and she said, um, which she's a mompreneur too. Um, I guess that's why, you know, I get my, my work ethic, crazy, crazy work ethic from her. Cause she just, she's a, she's a totally different level. I'm gonna have to let you know about her, but, um, but one thing she taught me was, if your passion becomes more of a priority than your full time or whatever it is you're doing, then it's time to let your full time go. Mm-hmm. And so um, what I took from that is when you when you really start to find your your the thing that you absolutely love, it starts to crave more attention. Yeah. then then that is a sign where it's just like, okay, I meant to be here. And you don't know that until you actually, you know, make sure you take that time to identify, is this a passion of mine? Oftentimes, like, you know, again, like for moms, we, a part of ourselves, when we become moms, we, we lose a sense, lose ourselves in, in a sense. And so uh, we let go of all of these things that we we really, really like. And so now sometimes, you know, we get these little messages or we get these buzz that says, hey, remember me? You remember you used to like this, remember you used to like that? And so I'm a firm believer that you should be listening to these little signals here. So that as a way for you to to identify, is this something that I want to be able to spark back? Is this something I want to be able to cultivate? Um, Because you, again, it might turn into a big flame where I honestly will want it to be more than more than a side thing or more than just something I'm doing in between I might want this to really be a career yeah 
And you know what? That is so good because like you said, I was speaking here and there. I was mm-hmm. teaching my fitness classes every once in a while. And then it got so, like, I loved it so much that I brought the fitness classes to work. So I made mm-hmm. my staff on their break. I made them take a break and come exercise with me. And they're like, looking at me like, boss, you want me to stop working so I can come and exercise? And I'm like, yes, because if you can't, if your body can't move, you can't lift these patients, you can't do what you need to do. And Mm -hmm. so they were all like really scared. So I had to talk to to the corporate managers, like, listen, I need my staff's health to be able to keep up with their purpose. If you want them to do their job here, well, then you need to let me let them exercise, you know? (laughs) But it was because the exercising and the speaking and and helping them live a better life was like so important to me. I brought it into work with me. I got to be able to do this however I need to do it. So when I had my last baby, I was scared. I'm like, Lord, what to do? And the Lord was like, don't go back. And I was like, hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> That's all I need, Lord. Thank you. That's all I need, right? So God gave me the okay to not go back. We ended up moving to Florida and I was able to really do the things that I love because I had nothing that I was tied to in Ohio anymore. Like I was down here, brand new woman, able to do all the things that God told me to do with no distractions. And now it's been amazing. So that's another thing, ladies, if God tell you to do something, you better listen. He'll make it, he'll make it work for you. Okay. (laughs) But no more, not only would he make it work for you, he, he will continue to keep poking at you. Mm -hmm. And one thing that, um, another, uh, way of looking at anxiety that has been brought to my attention by my mentor, Stephanie Hughes, she says that, um, sometimes anxiety can just be a way of God really trying to get your attention to pay attention to something. Mm-hmm. So I remember like, <laughs> okay, so remember I told you I did, I, I worked, you know, my private practice and my full-time for like a year and a half, right? And I told you it was birthed through the pandemic when I started my private practice. So after a while, I, again, my passion you know, was making room for me to like, you need to go ahead and leave this job alone. But I was scared. I was, Annie was trying to show up, you know, she was <laughs> like, nah, we need to just be here because it's comfortable. Right. Mm. And so, um, that is when, at that moment, that is when I was like, okay, I'm going to come out on faith and I'm just going to step out and I'm going to just do it. And when I actually did it, y'all like, all the things that I was completely like worried about and stressed out and I thought that I couldn't do, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't there. It wasn't there. And so like, when I say that your pet, when your passion has to, your passion will make room for you and the things that you want to do and, or when you have anxiety and that's just, you know, God's way of saying, Hey, I want you to pay attention to this. You know, there's a reason for that because, you know, at, at some point we, we, as mothers, we, we really, you know, put our, ourselves out there to ensure that other people are well taken care of. We do. And, at, and when we decide to negate our passion and we don't listen to it, then I feel as though that you grow into this person where you have a lot of resentment. You grow into a person that has a lot of regret. And, and, you know, for me and as a, as a mother and as a, as a, as an advocate for mothers, I'm a person that wants to ensure that you don't get to a space like that. You want to be able to make sure that when you leave this earth, 
you want to say that, you know, I really did everything that I wanted to do mm-hmm. and I didn't leave my passions um, with no flames. Right. With no flames. You want to make sure that your passions are always flaming. So, yeah. I like I, that. Um, I, I, listen, Girl, I can no, go on and on with that story. Listen, because yeah. it, it gives me chills every time I, I talk about it because you really, you really do have to make sure you're paying attention. And you, um, you make way for the things that you want to do because you deserve it. Yeah, absolutely. So you've, you're, you've been talking about struggling with anxiety and I remember Mm -hmm. I didn't even know I had anxiety. I didn't know Mm -hmm. what was wrong. I just knew that there was a moment when I would feel flush, you know, my skin would begin to get clammy and I would kind of like freak out about everything and put every idea of why I couldn't do something instead of why I could and I'm like, what in the heck is wrong with me? So that was my first time seeing a counselor as well, a therapist. And mm-hmm. I was telling her all these thoughts that was going through my head. And for one, she she was a white girl. So she didn't quite understand some of the stuff, first of all. Let me yeah. put that out there. But she says, oh, Jaquela, it's just anxiety. And <laughs> you know, like there's this long pause because I'm like, I don't have anxiety. I'm a child of God, you know, like right, right, right. No way, you know, the Bible says be no weapon form against me, brush out properly. Okay, even though that mental health right there. Okay, even oh, though that mental health. I was kind of confused, you know, and uh-huh. when I started explaining some of the things to her, she was just like, you know, that that's anxiety. And yeah. so I had to really back up and figure out because she didn't explain to me exactly what anxiety was. She didn't explain to me why it was happening. All I knew is I'm a mom who is a serial entrepreneur. I got three kids. I got a husband. I got a ministry. I'm living in this new state and my business isn't going exactly the way I wanted it to go because I was so flustered in all the other areas to the point where I was shutting down and I was mm. throwing out all of these reasons why I should just quit and get my license and go back to being a nursing home administrator and make life easy, right? And she's like, oh, that's just anxiety. So for the moms out here, because I just mentioned all the stuff that I was doing who are experiencing anxiety and we haven't, you know, personalized ours. (laughs) What do you want to tell us? Like, how do we begin to overcome that hump? Well, the first and foremost is, in order to overcome the hump of anxiety, you have to be honest about where you are. I was not, and we talk about the power of authenticity, right? And so, and I speak really fluent in that because again, I was a person that, you know, hid behind a lot of shadows. I thought that I was supposed to be in this for this person. I thought that if I talk this way, then they'll like me. Or if I, um, if I, if I do this, I'm considered a great mom, right? So I hid behind a lot of other people' expectations or, and ideologies. So when I recognized that I was struggling with anxiety, um, I, I denied it at first. But then when I thought about it, and I thought about all the things that was causing me to causing me more stress it was really based upon my I my need or felt like my need to to be light and my need to have to whatever reason I felt like I had to at that time live behind these shadows 
And so, and then when I did, when I, any time that I was operating outside of what I was needed to be operating in, I felt myself always becoming flustered. So I had to recognize at that time, okay, Tavara, this is anxiety. And the reason why you have an anxiety is because you're living this unexpected light, un- unrealistic expectations of other people that doesn't belong to you. And so that was the first thing that was like a wake up call um, for me. When I'm talking to a lot of moms and fem- and you know young young girls, I talk to them as, as far as how to own their anxiety. And the first of all, in order for you to own it, it's just that, is you having to accept that one, this is a natural thing to have. And two, you probably owning a whole bunch of other stuff that's really not yours. Mm-hmm. Like literally when we're as moms, you know, we play a lot of these roles, right? Um, and some of the roles that we're playing in, we feel as though that we have ownership of them because, but the, but how, if you actually step back and you think how the ownership of them, the reason why you probably have ownership of them because you felt like you had to step in there because nobody else would. Oh yeah. Like when you cook because nobody else will cook and you're doing all the cleaning because nobody else will do it. And I'm, right, right. If y'all ain't gonna do it, <laughs> neither am I. Oh, there we go. <laughs> and so it's it's <laughs> it's it's you literally identifying how one I have anxiety and that's okay. Being I being okay with the fact that you know I become anxious um from time to time or when these certain things happen. But the other thing too to that is a part of my anxiety is due to possibly my overextending of myself, me operating in, in roles that has no has no um no responsibility of my own or I or shouldn't be on it. On three, probably most likely operating from a stance of having these irrational beliefs. So meaning like these things that that these messages that I'm sending to myself that has no sense or validity to, to them whatsoever. So I'm probably telling myself, I can tell you specifically, okay. So an anxiety moment for me was like, I'm a great mom if I brought my two babies, my toddlers now, because at the time Levi was two. Yeah, Levi was two and Jay was like a couple of months old. So I thought I was a great mom if I like, you know, hit, you know, two birds with one stone and brought them both to the doctor's office, right? You know, I'm, you know, just go ahead and knock them out. You know, it's okay, cool, cool, cool. Let me tell you. <laughs> and it was like, not today, sister, girl. Like, what you doing? I was, I was, she was through the roof. Like I was having literally, like I couldn't focus. I was, um, I couldn't even really hear what the doctor was saying. I, I mean, it was just, it was chaos in, in internally and externally. So at that moment, I had to say, okay, me being a great mom, does it really mean that I have to bring both of my babies to the doctor's office? And as a result of, and when I do that, I don't really hear, you know, very important information from the doctor mm-hmm. or is me being a great mom acknowledging that when that happens, I have high anxiety. So the most important thing for me to do is it's okay for me to leave that baby at, at the daycare, take care of my business and then pick that baby up. Yep. So I had to really be honest. I had to be 
honest, open, and transparent with myself in that moment because I was like, the things that I placed in my mind that makes a great mom literally does not make sense. And really, who's saying that that's what makes a great mom? The world? Me? My husband? My mama? No, like, I'm placing all these pressures on myself. And so I really had to have a hot moment, talk to myself, let Annie know, no, I'm in control. You're not sit to the back. And I'm going to be able to handle this, operate in the way that has my emotional capacity to my, in my best interest. I have to operate in my emotional capacity. If I don't, then I'm going to be finding myself running ragged. And so that's, another way of you having to really own your anxiety <laughs> girl you hit the nail on the head I remember taking all three of my boys to the doctor together so Mm-mm. they are first of all they fight a lot but they love one another so here we are we're at the doctor and my middle son has to get a shot mm. as soon as the nurse pulls the needle out my baby sees it and he's like so my oldest looks and he's like don't touch my brother <laughs> he slaps the lady's hand and my middle oh my god oh you think you about to stick me so oh y'all like, brawling oh he starts <laughs> my middle son has like supernatural strength like mm-hmm. it's cray cray how strong he is for him to be six and he can fight so hard and and so strong it's like you know we have to test him like, do we really want to deal with this right now? Like the first time we had to get him COVID tested, it was terrible. Mm-mm. Like, you want to stick something up my nose? Try me. And I mean, it was me and daddy there holding him down. He was kicking, fighting, snotting, spitting. I mean, it was terrible. And this day, it was the same thing. He fought the nurse. My oldest son was trying to knock the, the case over. My baby was screaming. I started sweating. And then I felt my eyes turning like watery and red. My heart mm-hmm. was beating so fast. And I was like, I got to go to the bathroom. And I left all the kids with the nurse. And she's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> my God. I had to like remove myself from that space mm-hmm. and breathe. So now one of two things happen. Either my husband is coming with me mm-hmm. or it's one at a time. And... For now on, we learned that if it's my middle son, my husband is just going to have to go because for one, when he was acting the fool, the doctor told me, well, maybe send dad next time someone who can control him. And I was like, ma'am, what, <laughs> what, what, what world do you live in? This is 2022. Like we don't talk to each other like that lady. Mm-hmm. Like we support one another and then it's not have nothing to do with whether dad can control him or mom can. He don't want you sticking drops in his eyes. It's going to burn him. So mm-hmm. no matter what parent is here, it's not going to happen. But but I did notice that it caused me to get anxious. And I, I noticed that my heart started to beat a little bit faster. And that even like, you know how your throat get when you about to cry? You got the little frog in your throat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, just like, I don't know if I want to cry or scream. And then you feel yeah. it. Yeah, that's what I was starting to feel. So I'm like, no, nah, I don't even know why I do doctor's appointments anymore. I should just- and that's And that's honestly you having to operate in your emotional capacity. Mm -hmm. Like, like, and you having to challenge yourself on the things that, that speaks against, that tries to speak against those things. Like if I did not pay attention to my body and that's exactly what you were doing, you were paying attention to your body as far as like, okay, hold on what's what's this about like whenever I ever if I take my son to the all three of them to the doctor's appointment and they're acting this way 
and I find myself becoming all flustered and I might have a whole bunch of other thoughts that's coming in my mind too that's reinforcing the anxiety too you know so it's you having to recognize okay what's a part knowing that you are your mental health is is always is a priority and so with that understanding what type of supports I need to be put in, in place with this for me it was you know I didn't my husband he he's a truck driver so um, he's on a road. He's local now, thank God. <laughs> but, um, you know, at the time, you know, he was gone, and so um, I had to literally think about, like, for me, uh, given that my husband cannot get here as fast as he as I like for him to. What is going to work for me? What's in what's in my emotional capacity? I cannot sit here and look at another mom, or I can't look at Juju Quayle and be like, "Oh, well, Juju, she got three her sons. She just take them to the doctor's office. They do this and do that." I'm just looking from the outside of what I see that it seems like you're doing well, but in the doctor's appointment, you done ran, ran, you know, done ran into the bathroom. So you know, but 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 that's what we do as moms. We look at these other women and and see, you know what we think is is a great thing that they're doing or what they think they seem like they have a handle on all of these good stuff but we don't actually see you know the that possible chaos that they might endure when they make certain decisions or when they constantly make those decisions so for me and all women that I educate who are moms or just women period it's just like okay you have to be operate within your emotional capacity and you be okay with that that's what makes you great that's what makes you strong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I talked to some ladies recently and they were like, you know, my house wasn't clean at the end of the night. And so one of my things is, did you win the day? And so they were like, no, I didn't win because my house wasn't clean. I didn't win because of blood. So they gave me all these reasons. I said, did you wash up today? And they was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I said, winning. Are your kids all still breathing? She's like, yes winning (laughs) today she's like yes I said honey you won and when you begin to look at life like how can I win to win the day not based off of somebody else's standards because that's what really was causing my anxiety I felt like here I am I quit this job that was well-paying that was guaranteed Mm -hmm. paychecks every two weeks and it was nice paychecks and I quit a well-paying job to chase after a potentially well-paying passion of mine. There Mm -hmm. was a, there was the potential, but I wasn't sure because I had no idea what I was doing, you know? So right, right, right. I was like, you quit your job. How are you going to raise three boys and you don't have a job? How are you going to, how are you going to, how are you going to, and everybody's putting all of these thoughts in my head. And so every time I felt myself about to fail, I heard them. I heard Mm. their thoughts. And then my brain took it and was like, well, let me, Expon- let me make this exponentially worse <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> and take your mm-hmm. thoughts and break it up into seven different other thoughts you know and I think about the scripture where it says you clean one thing out but if you don't fill yourself back up yeah you come back with seven of his ugly friends well I will push out the little words that people said to me but I wasn't filling myself back up with the good stuff and then yep. the little ugly words would come back and seven of their ugly friends would come with them and everybody's negativity and all of their two cents that I did not need was pouring Mm -hmm. into me and I was feeling like I was less than like I wasn't winning in life and I I had to like really sit back and you know that's why I went to a therapist that's why I'm like I gotta talk this through and 
talking to the therapist and figuring out my life and like really knowing what my passion was, it changed the game. And so I love hearing you say operating in your emotional capacity because I really Mm -hmm. flipped some switches. And I mean, I've been doing it gradually over the years where I realized, no, this doesn't work for me. Mm-mm. I'm not doing that anymore. You can call me bougie. And you know, I talk about that all Delegate. Right. I love that D word. Yes. <laughs> I say, I'm a freaking administrator by trade. So my job is to see the big picture and tell everybody what to do. My pointer finger is the bomb. Like I am so good at delegating. And now I feel great about it. I know that if you're cleaning my house and doing my laundry and you're serving my meals to us, that gives me more time to work on my business, spend time with my kids and love on my husband. I'm winning. When I'm not staying up until midnight and then getting back up at four and then I don't have time for my word, for my meditation, for my visualization. And then my kids come in, I'm snapping on them. It's because I was doing too much. So I start mm-hmm. delegating. So I'm listening to you, girl. And I'm like, okay, she, she telling me what I did that was right. And, <laughs> and, and even if, let's say for instance, like, you know, let's say for instance, you, you don't have the capacity to, to have supports like, you know, other people would have or have the means to, to get that type of support. Then now I got to honestly think, okay, all right. This is how I'm going to operate in my emotional capacity. Um, how old are my children? Okay. Um, they, they three, four years old. Okay. Levi, I need you to do such and such, such and such. Cause we got to work together. Okay. To make sure that I can be able to be not only present with myself, but I be present for my children. Because if I'm not present with myself and understanding the things that are, you know, flipping me around and causing me habit and I'm projecting that on to out to my kids then guess what I ain't gonna be no good to good as a mom nor I'm gonna be a good as a wife or or whomever that you um that you have to be um present with and so I say that you know understand your emotional capacity and and the means that you have so if I have if I don't have any other support but I got my children, then guess what? I'm going to look at their t- certain age and I find out developmentally what they're able to handle. And I'm going to be able to delegate those tasks. I'm going to find out, okay, how much on my my you know to-do list that I say that I'm going to do, which probably ain't going to always happen. I'm going to chuck that thing down and I'm going to assess the, my emotional capacity for that day, for that moment. And I'm going to be realistic about what it is that I'm going to be able to accomplish. And I'm going to be feeling good just by accomplishing it. If it's just that one thing, then that's what it's going to be. And you praise yourself on that. Exactly. You praise yourself. Yeah. So. I'm big on that too. I'm praising yourself. Like I, I remember when people would say, that's conceited. No, it's not. And mm-hmm. if I get things for myself, that's selfish. No, it's not. If I don't take care of me first and I don't praise myself for winning on my on my day, winning my day my way, you know, mm-hmm. then who else will? You know, I have to set the standard as well. And so I'm with you as well as assessing what your kids can do. All three of my kids, they make their own beds. We have it set up. Like even when they do the laundry, my oldest son, he understands. He got to fold and put up his clothes. I'm not touching his clothes. Mm-hmm. We're 10 years old. I'm, I'm not touching it. My six-year-old, he folds his stuff, but he does a terrible job. So I'm like, at least get your stuff out the baskets and put it in piles of shirts, underwear. You can put up your socks and your drawers, but I'll hang up your other stuff. And the baby just, you know, he know how to grab his stuff. He throw it all over the place. He be trying though. But I'm like, y'all clean your own room. Mm Y'all are responsible for brushing your own teeth. 
I'll help yep. you if you need help, you know, and we assess where we need help at. And it's, you know, and I'm grateful because I have my husband as well. So it's not like, it's just all me doing everything. Thank God. Because yeah. I would probably really have named. We my- need a man. We need a man. Oh, girl, need- yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm definitely grateful to have a active and present husband, you know, and since the pandemic, he's been home. So it's been mm-hmm. like, you taking the kids to school? Like everybody asked me, what did you do for Valentine's Day? And I was like, I slept in. And they're like, uh, yes. What? And I'm like, I slept in. My husband took the kids to school. I didn't have to get up. It was amazing. And they're like, no flowers, no chocolate. I'm like, I don't need flowers. And chocolate is like one of my vices. So don't be bringing me no chocolate. Right. Again. Like, <laughs> but doing something that's my love language, an act of service and letting yes. in and taking our kids to school. I'm like, yes, honey, happy Valentine's day. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so I heard you mention being realistic with your to-do list. So I'm all about a to-do list, but I do mine a little bit different. I know people who get a piece of paper, they write 57 things on there, they complete two, and then they like, oh, I didn't do good today. I'm totally yeah. different. I have three <laughs> sections and they're not in any particular order because I have a non-negotiable thing. So I allow myself one or two non-negotiables today. I have a me section where I don't care if I'm getting nothing done. I'm gonna take care of me. And then I yeah. have the... Eh, you know, whatever section where, you know, if I don't do it today, I'll do it tomorrow or sometime later on this week. It's not so detrimental that if I don't do it today, you know, and I like to follow that type of list because Mm -hmm. it doesn't make me feel stressed out. Yeah, It's easy to take care of me. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you know, you know know what I love what you said about that is that you schedule, you pencil in you. Yes. You pencil in you and a lot of a lot of us as moms we don't pencil us in we just see that this list that all this stuff that we have to do and we try to get it done and so by the time we get to a task that we know that we like we look at it as a task and instead of it right it, you we look at it as a task rather it, it be it as, uh, something that's that's welcoming that's pleasurable that's mm-hmm. you know that'll help you wind down um and so I just love that you that you really pencil that in because that is something that we all should be doing. We all should be penciling in like no exceptions. I this is a must do. So if I don't get anything else done, that is a must do. And that right there, Jaquella, is true self care. Yes, thank you, thank you. I love it too. So you do a to do list, some form of it. You have mm-hmm. your own business. You have a husband. You have kids. How are you? keeping yourself productive though what is productivity to you what does it look like man productivity honestly looks like me coming in and honestly if I'm present if I'm able to show up and do at least one thing off my list and I'm able to be present with my children with no irritation I'm able to cultivate my my marriage the way, however way I might see it for that day. Um, then that's me being productive. If I'm um, if even if I I might have eight clients in one day because them days, oof, they be long. But pr- 
productivity, honestly, for me is true outside, outside of what I do. My passion is me being able to ensure that as a mom and as a wife, I am doing something that is a reflection of me. Mm. And you know what? That is so good because a lot of women are not present. You use that word. And it's so important that if you're going to be productive, you have to be present in the moment. You have to be aware Mm -hmm. of what's important. And sometimes women are so focused on the business that they forget what's most important, which is their Mm -hmm. family. Like your Mm -hmm. family is going to be here when your business is not. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Your family Mm -hmm. was here for a lot of us before we even started these pandemic businesses, you know, like, (laughs) and so I love that you say you have to be present and you have to be doing something that is reflecting of you. And that is beautiful. And I think if more women put their schedule together and said, how can I be present for my husband? And ladies, put your husband on your calendar. Yeah, put him on the calendar because I'm taking my, I told my husband today, I'm taking you out for a date. Is that okay? He said, yes, ma'am. And I'm I taking said, that's my out tonight too. I'm so excited <laughs> for my new makeup on that I got. <laughs> it, it's so important. So like, I remember I noticed that my husband didn't feel like he was getting enough time with me. And I was working, I had head down on that computer, working, working, working. And he was feeling like, where's my wife? So at the top of every hour, I ain't tell him this, you know, this, I ain't got, you ain't got to tell him you put him on your calendar, ladies. What yeah, I'm saying yeah, yeah. is at the top of every hour, I made it a point to go find wherever he was in the house and kiss his bald head or give him a little squeeze on the booty or mm-hmm, sit mm-hmm. and talk to him for five minutes, just And I remember it was like seven days later. I did it for a week, every single day to see what impact it made. And he was like head over heels for me. And he was like, man, I don't know what happened to you this week, but you have been amazing. And so I've made it a a habit now that maybe not at the top of every hour, but you know, every couple of hours I go check on him, go love on him, go give him a kiss, go squeeze his butt, give him a compliment, you know, something to show that, I see you. I'm still here. And I know you're here, you know, and even with my son, who's home with us during the day, I spend time with him every single day. So before I like pour my all into my business, I go and play hide and seek. Before we got on a call, I was playing hide and seek. So I had to, (laughs) (laughs) I had to get him calm and let him know, okay, it's time for mommy to go record, you know, but I played hide and seek with him for like 25 minutes and he was cheating so bad, but I let him Mm. I let him find me every time I hit in the easiest spots and he was peeking while I was hiding, but <laughs> it was me being present for him. And so it's yeah. important ladies that you put that on your calendar. Like part of being productive is putting the important things on your calendar and being present for them. Yeah. Don't allow your husband and your kids to be a ah, I'll do it tomorrow type of thing. <laughs> they need us we really are the glue that makes everything work but you gotta take care of you first and then be what they need you to be so that's awesome so Tavara if you were to give us one piece of advice to go out with what would it be I would say each and every day you need to ask yourself what have I done that's a reflection of me what have I done that's a reflection of me If you don't ask yourself at the end of each day, then you should be asking yourself every few hours. Why? Because again, we're as mothers, it's quite easy for us to get lost in our role 
and then eventually we lose ourselves and now we're, we're you know at a certain age I try to identify who am I so if I ask myself have I done something a reflection of me guess what now I'm cultivating who I am and I'm cultivating aspects that makes me up and now I don't have to worry about that so um yeah I'm gonna leave that as that piece you guys can learn more about that as you you know kind of contact me and follow me <laughs> so with that where can they contact you how can they follow you and stay connected yeah so you can stay connected on my instagram that's at healing grounds with the s underscore therapy and you can also check me out on facebook at healing grounds therapy and wellness center and she'll give me all of that information. Those links will be in the show notes. Make sure you are following her for more tips on how to be hot. Y'all know we like mm-hmm. to be okay. <laughs> and follow her to just get more tips on how to be hot, how to be authentic, how to be unapologetically you. And I know I'm about to keep following and keep connecting because I see the value here. I hope you all see the value here. And you just realize that these talks are not here to preach at you, but it's here to empower you, to uplift you and help you to be all that you were created to be. So absolutely. Thank you, Tavara, so much for being on the show. Thank you for just pouring into our listeners. I am so excited for things that we get to do together in the future, because I know that there is a reason for our divine connection. Absolutely. So ladies, thank y'all so much. Make sure you are tuned in for all things for the Productive Mompreneur Show. Make sure you join a group more than just the mom where we'll be talking about all things about mom, mom life, overcoming some of the mom things. And more than anything, make sure you're registered for the Mommy Con. That's on March 17th through 19th. It's a virtual conference by moms for moms. So we can fill your cup, help you be the most amazing version of yourself and talk about this con called motherhood. All right. Thanks so much for putting us on your to-do list. Now go do something productive. Peace. Hey, thanks for listening to the Productive Mompreneur Show. If you enjoyed today's episode and found value in it, it would mean a lot to me if you share your biggest takeaway in your Instagram stories and tag at Jaquela Lynn. That'll help me help you through these podcast episodes. And while we're helping people, you can take one minute to rate, review, subscribe, and share with other people who you think might enjoy this. To learn how to work with me directly or get access to my tips, freebies, and trainings, be sure to head over to JaquelaLynn.com. Put slash community if you want to join my Facebook community. I'm Jaquela Lynn. Thanks for adding me to your to-do list. Now go do something productive. You already know. Go play.